This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It's The Bullpen. I'm Adam the Bull, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. This podcast is always brought to you by. Bet Rivers. What's happening with the running back position in the NFL? The trade deadline is almost upon us in Major League Baseball. That and more coming up in this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. We'll get back to the uh, divisional previews next week. Uh, I'll be doing the AFC South next week, and then we'll start hitting up the NFC, including the NFC East next week. But there's a lot of things I want to get to. Uh, I went away for a couple of days earlier. I was away in, in New York from Saturday until Tuesday. And um, by the way, you know, I, I was born and raised in New York. Um, lived most of my life there. But I've spent the last <clears throat> 12 years in Cleveland. I got to say, I don't know if it's gotten worse in the 12 years I've been living here in Cleveland. Uh or if it's, I'm just not used to it because I'm not in New York routinely anymore. But, the man, I, it's so funny because you almost have to drive like a lunatic in the New York, New Jersey area. My sister, my brother-in-law, they drive like loons. And maybe I did when I was there. I feel like when I was there, I was driving a little crazier than I normally drive. There's so, you know, there's so many cars on the road. The, the area I grew up in, Brooklyn, is so overcrowded now. It's awful. I, as a kid, I remember thinking, oh, I left, never want to leave Brooklyn. Why would I ever leave Brooklyn? And I've spent most of my adult life not in Brooklyn. I would never want to live there now. Never. And I loved my childhood, and I loved where I grew up. I don't know. One of those funny things. Um, there's a lot of funny things in this world, right? <clears throat> Including the fact uh, in football, football uh, is is a monster. The National Football League is more popular than probably all the other major sports combined. It dominates. Part of that, part of the reason it dominates, there's many reasons why the NFL dominates. It's a violent sport. People like violence. It's an easy sport to bet on. People like to gamble. It's once a week. You don't have to in, in a in a time and, and place now where we have no attention spans, especially, you know, the younger people. And I, you know what? I'm not one of these ah, young people today. I love the young people. I, I, I love the young people. I sound like an idiot, but I, I I'm not anti the generations below me. I think a lot of the younger generations are doing great things and have great ideas. Uh, but I think younger people are have less of an attention span. I, I definitely think that's true. And I don't blame them. Uh, and I have less of an attention span than I did when I was younger because there are more distractions. I didn't grow up with a cell phone or a computer or a cable for that, for that matter. 
I didn't have cable till I was in my 20s. Uh, so there's there's many more things to be distracted by. Uh, and so the fact that football is only once a week, whereas all the other sports, baseball's every day, basketball and hockey are three times a week, roughly, it's hard to be as locked into those sports. So football has grown like a monster, especially the NFL. College football is big too, but the NFL is bigger in the big cities, including here in Cleveland and New York, where I've spent most of my life between the two. So when we look at the NFL and we look at the way salaries have gone, for the most part, they've gone up, right? But in the last two years for running backs, they've gone in the other direction. So what's happening here and what can be done about it? Is anything, is, is, it, is it necessary for anything to be done about it? Let's start with the three guys who uh, were hit with the franchise tag. Uh, Tony Pollard of the, the Cowboys was hit with a, a franchise tag. Now, he's coming off an injury, and he is in camp. He's not holding out. Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing last year, by far had his best season last year. Uh, he's had, like, no contact with the Raiders. He's frustrated. He's holding out. Saquon Barkley uh, is probably overall been the best of those three guys through their careers, although Jacobs was be- the best of the three last year. Uh, but Barkley's had injury problems. He got franchise tagged. He was frustrated about it. But a couple days after the deadline passed for a long-term deal, the Giants and Barkley came to an agreement to get him to camp. Here's Giants GM Joe Shane talking about it. We, you know, we engaged in negotiations over a nine and a half month period. And at the end of the day, couldn't come to agreement on, you know, a longer term deal. But we circled back on Monday and fortunately were able to come to an agreement, um, you know, with altering the franchise tag a little bit to get him to camp. And we're ecstatic, fired up that, you know, Saquon's going to be here for the start of camp. So in that clip there, Joe Shane talks about, hey, we wanted to get something done. We couldn't get it done. But now we kind of tweaked the franchise tag. Okay, so they made it. They they went to the point where he can make a couple extra million dollars. And that's the thing. Like, Saquon Barkley was talking about possibly holding out. He gets a few extra million dollars, and now he's in camp. It's a tough situation with the running backs. Uh, And the entire running back community is frustrated about it. I was reading an article, USA Today, um, where they talked about the the franchise tag is the lowest for any position besides kickers and punters. I don't blame running backs for being frustrated by that situation. Um, Austin Eckler said in this article, quote, everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I think Austin Eckler's a heck of a player. I think he's one of the better backs in the league. I don't agree with, with Austin Eckler. He says everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back. That's not true. I think having a top running back can be a benefit. But if you look at the teams that have been in the Super Bowl the last bunch of years, 
let's say the since Super Bowl 50, right? This year is going to be Super Bowl 58. Since Super Bowl 50, which was in 2016 when the when the Broncos beat the Panthers. Uh neither of those teams had a, had a top-notch running back. Um in 2017, that that Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, neither one of those teams had a elite back. Now LeGarrette in fairness, LeGarrette Blunt did have a really big year that year. For New England, I think he had like a million touch. I can't remember exactly how many, but he had a lot of touchdowns that year. But nobody would think of him as an elite back. Then the year after that, Philly beats New England. Um, no elite back there. Again, like Eric Blunt is the running back this time for New England. Uh, Patriots beat the Rams. Rams did have um, uh, Todd Gurley, who was still really good at that point. Kansas City, San Francisco in the 2020 Super Bowl when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl with, with Patrick Mahomes. Can you even name the leading rusher on, on those teams? The guys who led the teams in rushing that year? I bet you most people can't. Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Um, LeGarrette Blunt had a nice postseason. Oh, LeGarrette Blunt. Um, not LeGarrette Blunt. What the, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, Leonard Fournette. He wasn't even that. Leonard Fournette had a nice postseason. He, he didn't even lead the team in rushing that year. He had 367 yards in the regular season. Rams, Bengals, nothing. I mean, Joe Mixon, good back. Good back. Probably one of the better backs to be in the Super Bowl in the you know since 2016. Not an elite back, but a good, no, really good back. Last year, Chiefs Eagles. Nothing special. You used to need a running back. That used to be a staple. Things have changed. So I don't necessarily agree with him. Meanwhile, uh, another guy who's going to be looking to get paid somewhat soon is Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was asked about this situation as well, and here's what he had to say. There's a lot of times where, you know, the, the running back is, is utilized a lot in the pass protection game too. You know, that's not a stat that they're going to put. Neither is not a stat that they want to say. Um, if we're not running the ball, we're blocking. If we're not blocking, we're running the route. We're always doing something. You know what I mean? Um, only time when they choose to say that it's devalued is when it's time to pay the running back, you know? So they're really choosing when to say to devalue the position. It's not devalued at all. They just don't want to pay a running back. I, I think Najee Harris is a little confused about what it means to be devalued. The position, the fact that they're not paying running backs what they used to means it's been devalued. It has been. It doesn't mean that a player doesn't have value. Najee Harris clearly has value to the Steelers. Derrick Henry has value to the Titans. Nick Chubb has value to the Browns, Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers, on and on and on. But overall, teams have decided that the position is not that important. I, I don't buy that there's some grand collusion scheme. If that were the case, I, I, I'd scream and yell about it. Uh, teams have decided that they would rather pay less than a running back they're looking at the money, and they're saying, we have to pay quarterbacks a zillion. Now, you look at the Titans, right? Ryan Tannehill stinks. Derrick Henry's an elite back, one of the top two or three backs in the league. And, and Tannehill makes more money. Is it fair? 
No, but there's a lot of things in life that are not fair. You know, I think I should be making more money than Colin Cowherd. I'm not. He's probably making way more money than I am. I think he's not any good. That's life. Tough, tough for me. He got the breaks. He may, maybe worked harder, had better connections, whatever. Uh, what can I do about it? I keep, yeah, I do what I can do. That's life. Running backs, is, you know, Nick Chubb got paid a few years ago. Derrick Henry got paid a few years ago. So did McCaffrey. Those guys are special. Now we'll see. I don't think as good as Josh Jacobs was last year, I don't think he's as special as those guys. The, were the Giants trying to make a deal, a long-term deal with, with Barkley? They claim they were. Is that true? Were they just stringing him along? Who knows? I think the Giants would be making a mistake to spend long-term on Barkley. He's been injury-prone. Dalvin Cook is still one of the best backs in football. The Minnesota Vikings decided he wasn't worth the money. They signed out. Uh, um, they had, uh, oh, my God. I can't trouble your blank on, on their running back. I got to look it up. What's uh, Alexander Madison. Don't have to look it up. They re-signed Alexander Madison for a third of what Dalvin Cook was getting paid. And they said to themselves, you know, Dalvin's better than Al Alexander Madison. But he's not that much better that we need to pay him three times. That's what it came down to. Now, you may say that's stupid. On the other hand, I mentioned Joe Mixon before, one of the better backs to make it to the Super Bowl in recent years. He's, he looked at the market. The Bengals said to him, hey, we, we, we need more cap room. We got to pay Joe Burrow. We got to pay our wide receivers, hopefully. You need to take a pay cut or you're gone. And he looked at the landscape and he saw that Kareem Hunt is a free agent. Dalvin Cook is a free agent. Ezekiel Elliott's a free agent. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. And he said, well, I'd rather stay on this good team and get paid $6 million than be on the market with all those guys and who knows if I got paid at all. I understand the frustration from the running backs, but what is anybody supposed to do? You agreed to this. The players, the, the, the NFL players have the weakest union. They always cave. The only way to change this for running backs is to do something about it in the collective bargaining. There's nothing we can do now. So the, these players have no, they really have no, they can hold out. Josh Jacobs could hold out if he wants. It's not going to benefit him. He's not, it's not like somebody's paying him a big contract next year if he's a free agent. It's, it's not going to happen. That ship has sailed. If I were Josh Jacobs, yeah, I'd be pissed too. But don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Josh Jacobs had been a solid back his first three years in the league. Not special. Last year, he had a special year. He did. But he hadn't been a special back before that. He'd been good. I wouldn't pay him. I wouldn't pay him a long-term extension. The reality is the production, the, the running backs, what they do is valuable. But most teams feel like if that guy doesn't do it, I can find another guy that can do it, if not as well, close to it. And with a tandem of guys, I can cover it. The NFL is all about the passing game. In the 80s, when the running backs were the stars into the 90s and making, making good money, you know, 
there wasn't a hubbub about it because they were getting, you know, they were valued more individually. That's not the case. It's all about the quarterbacks. It's all about the guys that catch passes. That's why the running backs that catch passes will, you know, do a little better. And this trend has been two years so far, but you should have seen it coming. The running backs all should have seen it coming. If Josh Jacobs and and Saquon Barkley were offered long-term deals at $12-14 million, somewhere in that range, they should have taken it. What were they holding out for? $20 million? Nobody's going to pay a running back $20 million. It's not going to happen. Never. Never happening again. Nobody. Not Jonathan Taylor. Not any of these guys. They're not making that kind of money. So until you're willing to uh, hold out, or, or and and I shouldn't even say that because holdout's going to do nothing until you until the NFL as a whole, the players union, is willing to do something drastic in terms of their next collective bargaining to help running backs. Nothing's going to change. So guys can cry about it all they want. I get it. I'd be a hundred percent. I would be pissed if I were one of them. But nothing's going to change. Your value's not going up. Najee Harris says in that clip. Well, we do other things like block. Yeah, so, do the, so does the backup guy. He blocks too. Najee, you're not getting paid either. You're not. Sorry. You're not. And, and let's face it, Najee Harris hasn't been special. He's not a special back. Hey, he's not even averaging four yards a carry in his first two years in the league. To me, he's a uh, just a pretty good back. He's not even Joe Mixon at this point. Now, maybe he'll get better. He's not getting any kind of big contract. But he did have more to say about the subject. Here's more from uh, Najee Harris on, on, the, on the running back. What is the security that we have? We don't have no security right now. You guys are using us to accomplish what you guys want. And then when it's time for us to re-up or ask for something that we think is right, you guys just turn the cheek and say, well, you have, you have wear and tear. It's like, come on now, bro. Like, you know what you're trying to do. You're trying to utilize us as much as you can, get as much you, out, you can out of us for cheap, and then, you know what I mean, go get another back or something like that and try to do the same thing again. You know, that's the, that's the trend that is, is, is happening right now. Yeah, he's right. That's 100% what's happening right now. And there's nothing in the rules against that. It's smart. It's unfortunate for those guys. Again, I'll say it for 100th time. If I were one of the running backs, I'd be frustrated by it. But that's the way it is. It's not going to change because Najee Harris and Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and, and all these other guys complain about it. You have to do something at the next collective bargaining agreement. Nothing else is going to change. Uh, Derrick Henry said, I mean, you, yeah, you, you think about it. Derrick Henry is averaging $12.5 million a year. Ryan Tannehill is averaging $29.5 million a year. That's insane. Not really the Derrick Henry part, the Tannehill part. Tannehill's a, not even a starter, in my opinion, and he stinks. He's making $30 million. Derrick Henry says, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work hard as, as they can, give their all to the organization. It just seems like it doesn't matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Now, listen, it does matter. They're wrong about that. They're still making more money. Saquon Barkley is going to still make about $12 million. That's a lot more than most running backs because he's really good. If you're an elite back like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb and, 
and Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. Like, those guys are still going to get paid more than a rank-and-file running back. So this idea that, that, that they're getting no benefit is bogus. Barkley's frustrated. Jacob's frustrated because they got franchise tagged. If they were free agents, it wasn't like they'd get huge contracts. They what? They're not. They're not going to. Guys, it's just not happening. I, I don't even know in the collective bargaining agreement what can be done. But unless they, the running backs stand up as a group, nothing's going to change. There's no reason for owners to change. Christian McCaffrey also chimed in. Uh, he got paid a few years ago. Before the, I think Nick Chubb was the last one to get paid, really. That was two years ago. But here's here's Christian McCaffrey on uh, backing the guy, the other guys who were frustrated by not getting paid. Look, I I support my brothers. You know, I think they're I think those guys are worth way more than what they're getting. Uh, as far as the solution goes, wish I had a an answer. Uh, I think just starting the conversation is important and and going from there. But you know, right now it's training camp. It's it's time for me to you know lock in on 49ers football and doing what I can to help the team. All right, so you got. And we heard from McCaffrey. We heard from from Najee Harris. I've, I've read you some other clips. There's frustration across the board. Bottom line, nothing's going to change. So, and if I was an owner, why would why would I spend big time money on a running back? Doesn't make sense. Not right now. It doesn't. There's no collusion going on. It's just teams being smart generally. I, I'm always happy to pile on owners uh, when they're doing something dirty. And this is dirty to a degree, but it's smart. It's smart. And Najee Harris better worry about improving more than worrying about the other running backs getting paid because he's not as good as any of these other guys. All right, I want to talk some baseball. Major League Baseball trade deadline is Tuesday at 6 p.m. Used to be 4 p.m. On the final day, now it's 6 p.m. We've had some uh, we've had some trades go down here leading up to the deadline. Last night, the uh, Mets traded David Robertson to the Marlins for a couple of minor leaguers. It's always funny at this time of year. Everybody's an expert on minor league players. Oh, the Mets didn't get enough. Oh, the Mets got a great deal. I'd never heard of the two guys the Mets got. They're they're playing an A ball. They're playing a rookie ball. Oh, they're 18 and 19 years old. I don't know. David Robinson's been a you know a decent journeyman relief pitcher who's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't know how much you expected to get for him. He's been really good this year. But isn't it funny and so pathetic that the Mets, who I believe have the highest payroll in the history of baseball, Started to make a, you know, made a dump trade where they're 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 admitting uh, we're not going to the playoffs with the highest payroll in the history of baseball, and they dumped to the Marlins, who have the twenty third highest payroll, or to put it the other way, the eighth lowest payroll in baseball. One third their payroll is. Less than a third of the Mets. You look at the top teams right now in terms of payroll, all right? The Mets are number one. They stink. They're giving up. The Yankees are number two. They're not very good. They're in last place in their division. Now, it's a good division. They're over 500. They're not a terrible team, but they're mediocre. They are supposedly getting judged back. 
that'll help. But they're not very good. They're not. I, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. Third highest payroll is the Padres. They're terrible. Fourth highest payroll is the Phillies. They're they're solid. They haven't been great, but they're playing better. Fifth highest payroll, the Angels. They stayed all in because they want to try to get to the playoffs with Otani, but they stink. So, I mean, you look at the top five payrolls, and the only team, like the Phillies will probably make the playoffs. Yankees might. I don't think they're very good. The Mets, Padres, and Angels stink. Those teams are not going to the playoffs, or they're unlikely to. Very strange. Meanwhile, the Orioles have the 29th payroll, going to the, likely to go to the playoffs. The Rays, the 27th payroll, likely to go to the playoffs. The Reds, the 26th payroll, have a, sh- a shot. And then the Guardians and Diamondbacks at 22 and 21. And the Marlins at 23. All have a shot to go to the playoffs. Now, I don't say this. To, I, I think it's a weird coincidence this year. It's usually not. Like that, at least there's usually like one or two teams on the bottom that are that are doing well, not as many. And I don't say this to say, well, the owners shouldn't have to spend. I'm saying if you spend wisely, you can still do well, even with a lower payroll. Now, there's no excuse again. No payroll should be under 150 million. The 17 there's there's uh, 13 teams with payrolls under 150 million. That's inexcusable. Certainly should be at least 120, and there's still 10 teams below 120. This this there's eight teams that are under $100 million in payroll. Inexcusable. Uh, couple of, so, so we mentioned the David Robertson trade. Uh, interesting trade on, what was it, Wednesday, where the Mets traded, or the Mets, well, two former Mets got traded. Uh, the Guardians traded Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers for Noah Syndergaard. It's a weird trade because Noah Syndergaard looks like he's completely shot. I would say, however, though, even though he's not been good the last few years, he's been not terrible. This is the first year he's been terrible, and he's still pretty young, so it's possible he could bounce back these last two months. He's coming off the injured list Monday to pitch for the Guardians, and maybe he does well. But the trade for the Guardians was all about opening up space for their young players to play on the infield. Ahmed Rosario is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They were not going to re-sign him. Gabriel Arias, Tyler Freeman, two young players who are not getting enough playing time. Now we'll get a lot more. That's why they made that deal, and they're hoping Syndergaard can eat some innings in the final two months because their starting rotation is three rookies, and they don't want to overwork them. That's that deal. Enrique Hernandez, who was a longtime Dodger, gets traded back to the Dodgers from the Red Sox. Carlos Santana, veteran hitter who's been playing nice for the Pirates, gets traded to the Brewers. That's a second trade within the division. Looks like Shohei Otani will not get traded. I think the, the the Padres and they will trade Blake Snell and Josh Hader, who have a lot of value. The Cubs have gotten hot, and they've gotten to 500 in a not very good division. They're only four games out of a playoff spot. The Cubs could probably get a lot for Cody Bellinger, who's having a magnificent season. I don't think they're going to trade him. I, it could be crazy, and maybe if they... Their winning streak ends and they lose, you know, the next four games before the deadline. Maybe they do. I don't think they're going to. Marcus Stroman's value has got to be down. He hasn't pitched well lately. His last few starts have been bad. We'll see what the Cubs do. White Sox have already started trading. They they traded Giolito. What else will they do? Will the Cardinals trade Jack Flaherty or Jordan Montgomery? Who's supposed to pitch for them tonight? Will they pay, trade Paul DeYoung? Will they consider trading Arenado? There were some rumors yesterday that um, 
that he was going to be traded to the Dodgers. Lucas Giolito, of course, was traded to the Angels, um, who decided to go for it, which, you know, they're in, they're in, a, they're in a tricky spot. Rangers need to read some pitching. Mariners need some hitting. Uh, some of these, uh, I could see Michael Lorenzen and Eduardo Rodriguez being traded by the Tigers. Could the White Sox end up trading Yoan Moncada? They say they're not going to trade Dylan Cease. What if they get blown away? They could trade Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman out of the bullpen. It's going to be a fun couple of days. We'll talk more about it next week. All right, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, every weekend, everybody. You've been listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.